Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a very juicy 10-game NBA main slate for tonight with a million changes, guys, in and out. Everything we love here it makes us do our work and come up with some hand-built winning lineups, which we have been on fire. So if you haven't uh, decided to take the plunge and come and join us, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Become a member. We've had a heck of a run here throughout all the holidays. Uh, been uh, The guys did a real nice job with the NFL yesterday once again. And then NBA, we swept uh, also on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. We've been getting that broom out quite a bit lately. So great stuff. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, you can join us right there uh, through our website. We have um, multiple different memberships that you can join with. If you just want to dip your toe in the water, three-day membership is only $10, and you have all the NBA today, the NFL game tonight, and then uh, M uh, NBA on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday as well. Uh, also, if you want to check us out on Twitter, we're at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. If you're watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, give us a quick comment. The combination of those three really move us up the algorithm, and we really appreciate that. We do seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts in front of the paywall and three NFL pods in front of the paywall as well. So getting our numbers up uh, wherever you're watching or listening to us is greatly helpful. Uh, we also have a contest for our audio podcasters, uh, listeners, that uh, happens the end of each month. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Pod, Bean iHeart, wherever you're listening, take a second, hit the five stars, give us a quick comment. You're entered into the contest to win a one-week free membership. All right. Great night last night. Had some solid LeBron came through for us again. Uh, what I will say this, though, before we get into these games, the last two days, January 1 and 2, very important to stay in tune with what's going on. I know that we all had family stuff going and everybody's going different directions. I was uh, hosting a party for my uh, mother's birthday uh, day before yesterday. So I know we're all scrambling, but I would recommend one of two things. You either... If you've got a lot going on and you can't follow it in Discord in the afternoon and you can't follow it during the games in the evening, then take the day off because there's just way too many changes that are taking place before, during, and after uh, all of these games. And, you know, it's just throwing money away if, if you can't make those adjustments. So, uh, we're getting them out as fast as we can. As soon as we get them, we're making our adjustments. We're posting in Discord. We're trying to get all that work done for you, but we have to make sure that you're able to check those out and, and get to them so you can update. So I just wanted to mention that because I know the last couple of days have been crazy uh, busy with changes, multiple lineup changes. And again, there's, you know, uh, I just happened to read it in Discord. Andrew had mentioned you know, each site is completely different 
too, not just pricing, but build and everything else. So we're constantly looking when one change is made, one guy in or out at you know last minute, uh, it shuffles the deck on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, not just with that player, but who they're playing against and the pricing range it may take you to somebody else. So to make a long story short, the best way to sustainably win consistently in DFS is join DFS Coach Talk, listen in our Discord so you can get those lineups ready, Then we post lineups 25 minutes before lock. That's our best goal unless there's massive change that happened right at that moment. So you're going to have the coach's clipboard, which is unique to the industry, five-man highlighted group, and then a bunch of other players that you we're recommending that you fill in your rosters with, uh, and then FanDuel full GPP and cash lineup, same thing for Yahoo. So as those things are happening, we're building it, we're, we're putting it out in Discord, uh, good 20, 25 minutes before lock, but then we're having to follow that news throughout and make changes as we go. So that's all. I just wanted to mention it because a lot of discussion had come up in Discord, a lot of people getting caught, you know, not making changes. And I know we all have busy lives and things going on, but it's so hard to just, you know, uh, take money and shovel it in the furnace like you see in that uh, GIF. So you don't want to do that. So if you can follow it, jump in, dive in. If you can't, uh, it doesn't kill to take a day off or go very, very light. All right. I wanted to mention that, especially to our members that, uh, you know, we've been really hustling and changing a lot of lineups in order to uh, make it work, which it did again last night. We had some outstanding performances from some of our guys. And tonight is going to be a great one. So 10 games, no breaks. We're just firing right through all these. No commercials, no selling you anything. We're just going to get really busy on these 10 games and give you uh, the look like we normally do. We want to take a look at the the teams, the records, the injuries, uh, some of the key statistics, and then how we see game script the game uh, rolling out. All right, here we go. It is game one, and the games are spread out throughout the entire evening, so it's going to be a fun one. Uh, game one is the Washington Wizards hosting the Charlotte Hornets. Washington favored by two, a nice healthy 228.5 total. 115.25 implied for Washington, 113.25 implied for the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets come in 19 and 18 and Washington 18 and 18. So very tight battle for these teams positioning for the Eastern Conference playoffs. Quest, uh, designations, P.J. Washington is questionable. Carey and Lewis are out. So Charlotte almost at full strength here. They're looking good. Washington, a little tougher. Bryant, these guys are all out. Bryant, Dinwiddie, Gill, Hashimura, Harrell, Holiday, Neto, and Wanamaker. So certainly short, especially at uh, the guard position. Uh, that does not make it any easier. As far as to statistically speaking, we have Charlotte on the second night of a back-to-back. -back, so there's something to be aware of. Washington, it's an island game. Charlotte is the fastest paced team in the league. So that can't get a better uh, pace up game for Washington, but Washington's 26. So 
you get, you know, sort of a, a gut punch for Charlotte having to play down to that slow of a pace. But the plus side and why it's 228 and a half total, you have two poor defensive teams here. You have Charlotte 28th and Washington 23rd. So let's look at this. First of all, on the Charlotte side, LaMelo Ball did not get it done last night, not even close at that big 9-5 number. <clears throat> and then with a big pace-up game here, I'm definitely hesitant to go back. Rogier has coasted up to 6-9, which is a little high. Hayward's been inconsistent at 6-6. Miles Bridges looks like he'll be back. Let's just make sure there's no restrictions. If there's none at 7-4, he is a playable uh, guy for sure. Um, and then you've got a couple of cheaper options in Plumlee at 5-2, Oubre at 6-2, Cody Martin at 5, and Jalen McDaniels at 4-4. You can go second flight there uh, in a few spots. There are definitely a ton of DFS points to go around in this game. Bradley Beal looks like one of the stronger pay, uh, plays today. He is 10-4, which is not an easy pill to swallow, but like every guard in the organization is pretty much out. So he's not only going to score the ball, he's going to handle the ball, uh, assists, rebounds. He should really do well, and he's high on my list uh, as one of my buy-up guys today. I mean, the spread's only two, and with that number, if it stays close, this could be a really strong game from Beal. Uh, Terry Rozier is a, a plus defender, and that's who will guard him. So it's not 100% lock and load with Bradley, but uh, he is still a strong play. Other than that, you've got a mid-price Kuzma at 8K, Daniel Gafford, who's done really well for us ever since Harold's been down, and like I figured he would, when he gets the opportunity the dude could play, he just always gets split minutes uh, for some reason. But he's the center. Uh, Harold's still out, and it's 6K. Certainly an opportunity there. Uh, risky, more, uh, you know, GPP play in Kispert at 3-9, who's been starting. Coldwell Pope at 4-9 can strategically uh, be a decent play as well. So definitely exposure here. Uh, you know, a couple of guys, a couple of one-offs. And, you know, you can be very selective on a 10-game slate. Uh, but I think this game's a really nice one to start off uh, the entire card. All right, the second game, you have two teams on uh, island games. They didn't play yesterday or tomorrow, but you have a big spread, so there's a bit, bit of concern there. It's the Houston Rockets, the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia is favored by 13. It's a 221.5 total, 104.25 implied for Houston, 117.25 implied for the Sixers. That's a really good number. In, in the NBA of 2021-22. As far as injuries go, you have uh, Eric Gordon and Kevin Porter questionable. So uh, possibly two starters or one starter and, a, and the first guy off the bench. So we need that news. Guys that are out, Brooks, Jarosh, Zengun, and Wall. For Philadelphia, uh, you've got probable tag on Henry, and you have Danny Green questionable and only three guys out, Johnson, Powell, and Simmons. So Philadelphia pretty much uh, at full strength here, uh, if you will. Um, again, the question is, does this game blow out? That's the big, you know, the big thing that has to be decided because you really can't afford 
to lose a full quarter for any of your guys on this big of a slate where the DFS scores are going to be that high. Um, statistically, Houston's the third pace team in the league. So that really helps uh, some Philly shots you want to take here. Um, the problem is Philadelphia is second to last. So you've got one of the fastest in Houston, one of the slowest in Philly. So that takes a chunk out of that Houston, uh, you know, wanting to take any Houston guys. On top of that, Houston has the worst defense in the league. So between the pace up and the terrible defense, Philly's got to be a, a nice target for one or two players minimum here. And uh, Philadelphia is 18th. So they haven't exactly been the Philadelphia of past defensively. A um, couple things here. On the Philly side, again, we need to see who's playing, who's not. Christian Wood at 6'2", you know, is he going to get full minutes? He's got to go against Embiid. That is the best price it's been for a while. Uh, you know, a lot of these Houston guys got priced down going against Philly. But, you know, again, I'm not jumping out of my seat for him. You know, Porter, if he's in with no restrictions, at 6'8", but I guess he had another one of his blow-ups. So who knows what's going to happen with him. Jalen Green, 5-2, you know, it's just this. I'm going to pretty much be a pass on Houston. It's that simple. Blowout potential, going against a good D, going against a slow team. I mean, we've got 20 teams playing tonight, so you don't have to dig in and find somebody, certainly in a, in a game that makes no sense to, to take someone. Uh, so pass on Houston. Philadelphia. You know, you've got options that are well-priced. Tyrese Maxey's only 5'9". Seth Curry's 6K. Tobias Harris a little higher at 8'2". And then, of course, you have the, the big payup for Embiid at 11'4". But all their bench guys are back. So that concerns me with rostering Philly guys. Are they going to need full game Embiid? I doubt it. So that's enough to, to run from an 11'4 number. Plus, Thibel, Korkmaz, Drummond, Niang, Milton, Joe, Reed, Bassey, all of those guys have gotten consistent minutes. Maybe not Reed and Bassey, but the other six have. And uh, you know they're going to use their bench, especially if they have a big lead. So more than likely, this whole entire game is going to be a direction that I'm not going to go. But, you know, if you put a... a Philadelphia guy in like Maxi at 5'9", which is a bargain, or you have the extra salary to do an 8'2", Tobias, I wouldn't blame you because of the poor defense and fast pace from Houston. All right, game three. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies at the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's favored by seven. It's a 228.5 total. So we have an identical big total uh, like the, the first game. Um, it is uh, Brooklyn with that seven-point um, favoritism gives you a 110.75 implied for Memphis, 117.75 for the Brooklyn Nets. Memphis is 23 and 14, <clears throat> Brooklyn 23 and 11. So you have two solid squads here. You've got injury designations, Jared Culver, questionable, uh, Pons, probable, uh, We've got uh, Zaire Williams, questionable. The guys that are out, Anderson, Brooks, Buchanan, Conchar, Melton, and Tillman. For Brooklyn, you have just one questionable designation on LaMarcus Aldridge. 
and then two guys that remain out, Harris and Irving. So we're going to get some normal looks from some of these guys in this game uh, where you're going to get some good solid minutes. Um, as far as the game goes for Memphis, it's the first night of a back-to-back. -back. So, you know, they may somebody may lose a minute or two here or there. Brooklyn, it's an island game. You've got Memphis with the 10th best pace, Brooklyn 7. So you got a nice pace game, but you have two pretty solid defenses. Memphis 13th, Brooklyn all the way up to 5th, which is really impressive. They play that kind of defense with Harden and Durant. Look out in the playoffs. They're going to be tough to beat. John Morant, he has been fantastic. He's 9-8. Uh, this is the kind of game that he usually shines in, so he is in you know possibility. Desmond Bain's been fantastic. Uh, he's six nine, and you know when he when he's out there, uh, you know for the minutes, and he's the main go to guy. He produces. I mean, he really does. With Brooks uh, being out, let's make sure Brooks is designated out. Yeah, he, he's. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, hundred percent out. So when Dylan Brooks sits, uh, you know I really like to fire up. Uh, fire him up because he gets it done and uh you know desmond bain is the real deal and that price is fair after that you got a 6-6 jackson a, a buy down center and a 5-4 adams uh and then some decisions if you want to take shots with tyus jones at 4k killian tilly at 3-3 who they just signed uh extension on brandon clark 3-8 those guys are all playable, uh, but I think Jaw and Desmond are really your main two uh, guys that you want to look at in this one. From the Brooklyn side, the decision, do you go with either Harden or Durant? They're basically priced the same, 11-3 and 11-2, and it has been necessary to have Harden a lot lately. He has been the high scorer like in three of his last five games in the whole slate. So Harden, a great play at an 11-3 pay up. Uh, he'll get some Desmond Bain defense, which isn't bad at all. Uh, Durant, now that he's had a game or two back at 11-2, he's also due for a blow-up game. I actually am I'm leaning Durant over Harden and looking as though uh, I feel at this point with that huge number and the spread being in single digits, uh, you know, I would love to go Morant and Durant here. And uh, can you afford it? 9, 8, 11, 2. You know, that's, that's a lot of cheese right there. So uh, we'll see if we can make it work. But those two are two of my favorite buy-ups of the day. We don't know if LaMarcus Aldridge is going to play or not. So we need that news. If he's out, I'm probably going to go right to Nick Claxton again at 5K. He has stepped in when he's gotten 30 minutes or somewhere that, you know, close to it. He produces. So... Uh, that's a good guy to look at as well. All right, next game, you, 8 o'clock game. So we had two sevens at 7.30. We've got now three 8 o'clock games. The first one is the Utah Jazz, New Orleans Pelicans. Utah is normal as a double-digit favorite at minus 11, 226.5 total. So another healthy total here. 118.75 for Utah, 107.75 for the New Orleans Pelicans. Injury-wise, uh, we've got questionable tags for Utah on Pascal and Whiteside, and Azubuki is out. So Utah remains 
fire fighting through this COVID thing and not being too uh, jilted. Two huge question marks for the Pelicans. Uh, arguably, their two best players, uh, Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valachunas, both questionable. So need that news before you can digest anything on the Pelicans. Luzada, Sadaransky, and Cheeseburgers Williamson remain out. Now, here's the thing in this game, and I'm not going to waste a lot of, of your time on this one. If Ingram and Valachunas are in, um, then this can become, I think, a competitive game. And, uh, you know, one of the two is, a, I think, a good spot to go to. And then that also brings somebody on the Utah side in, whether it's Mitchell or if you want to, um, you know, spend a little cheaper on like a 5-5 Bogdanovich. Uh, Gobert's at 8-7, which is a little better than where he's been. Um, you know, even Conley or Clarkson are in play. Now, if Ingram and Joval sit, then this game is going to be a full pass for me because I think this game would blow out pretty immensely uh, if those two guys didn't play. So I'm not wanting three quarters or less than three quarters uh, from anybody in this game, if that's the case. Um, so we just need to see. We'll wait and see if that news uh, comes up. Because either Ingram or Valachunas that they play with no limits, uh, no minutes restriction uh, are playable. Josh Hart has been terrific, though. I will say that he would be the only guy that gets any interest whatsoever from me uh, if those guys are out. So we will definitely take a look at this game. We'll follow it in Discord and we'll keep everybody abreast of any of the information there. Okay, the second eight o'clock game is the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee, a huge 16-point favorite. Another great total, 226 and a half. You know, the problem is, though, are, you know, how's that going to go as far as, um, you know, is it going to blow out? You know, the last game, I'm not sure I mentioned it, so I'm going to re-mention it. Utah's 12th in pace, New Orleans 19th. Defensively, Utah's 6th and the Pelicans 25th. And it is a first night of a back-to-back -back for the Pelicans. So, Wanted to re-mention that, which, you know, just creates a little bit more difficulty in feeling comfortable and rostering some of those guys. So with Detroit and Milwaukee, like I mentioned, it's it's minus 16, 226 and a half, 105.25 for Detroit, a gigantic 121.25 for Milwaukee, which you've, I've only seen a, a handful of 120-somethings, uh, you know, this season. So, you know, uh, injury-wise, Detroit has Smith and Isaiah Stewart probable. And then the guys that are out, Grant, Jackson, Joseph, Olinick, and Walton. For Milwaukee, Middleton is questionable, personal reasons. So we need to know if he's going to be out or not. I'm thinking since they listed it and it's personal reasons, I'm counting him as out for right now. And then the guys that are definitely out are Thanasis Antikanupo, DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Ojale. So definitely a little bit different look here, uh, especially if Middleton's in. Detroit's been banged up and getting smacked around pretty good. Uh, but Detroit is ninth in pace, Milwaukee 11th. Uh, that's why you got that really solid 226 and a half. Defensively, Detroit's been pretty bad at 22. Milwaukee remains in the top 10 at ninth. Uh, 
a lot of different possibilities here. Kate Cunningham's return at 9K. Is he going to be on a minutes restriction? That's going to be the news. If he's not, he's playable. The two guys that have taken turns smashing it for us, uh, Diallo with a 70-burger last time out, and uh, Sadiq Bey uh, also. They're 8-7 and 8-5 now. So the cheap uh, bargain basement on those two guys and rostering both of them uh, is not going to happen. Going one way or the other, though, makes sense. Uh, but I don't know. You know, between the blowout potential, between the fact that Cunningham, Diallo, and Bay now are going to be sharing some of that usage, that gives me some concern. Um, so not diving on this game with a lot of veracity in any stretch of the imagination. Milwaukee, if Middleton doesn't play, it does make Holiday at 8-5 and Giannis at 11-8 more playable commodities. And I'll definitely be waiting for that news on Middleton. And, you know, maybe it is time to buy up for Giannis. However, uh, you know, the problem is if the game blows out and you've just spent almost 12K on a guy that's not getting full run. So the ownership should be down a little bit because of that. So it gives you a little bit more uh, opportunity. Bobby Portis, who's thrown some monster games on the board, is 6-8. Uh, but he is backed up by uh, Cousins at 4-5. And uh, Mamu, who's buried on the bench at 3K. But they're going against Luke Garza. That could be your buy-down center as well. He's only 5-2. But he is manning some big minutes uh, at the center spot. But that's, you know, we also have uh, Isaiah coming back possibly today he's probable so a couple things here could shake out certainly not my number one go-to game whatsoever regardless of the total because there are just a lot of things that could go wrong uh, and we don't want to be caught in that all right the, another eight o'clock game it's the last of the three it's the orlando magic and the chicago bulls chicago another big spread here favored by 13 and a half 222 and a half over under 104 and a half implied for Orlando, 118 for the Chicago Bulls. As far as coming into this game, the game set, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got uh, Orlando at 7 and 30 and Chicago at 24 and 10. So two teams going in opposite directions for sure. Orlando's also on the second night of a back to back, Chicago on an island game. So lots stacked against Orlando. Also, they, we don't know if Cole Anthony's going to play. That is an enormous piece of news for the Orlando side, so we'll follow that closely. The guys that are out, MCW, Fultz, Isaac, Lopez, Moore, Okiki, and Suggs. So they are smashed. Chicago has a decent amount of guys out, but a lot of, them, a lot of it is their subs. Uh, it's Bradley, Caruso, Cook, Green, McKinney, Saminovich, and Williams. So they still have all of their guns uh, in the holster, as you say. Um, as far as statistically, again, that second night of the back-to-backs for Chicago, you got two right dead in the middle, uh, pace 15th and 16th, and then it evens out to fairly even defense, except Orlando's is terrible at 27, Chicago above normal at 12. So, you know, not a great defensive game. It, there is some possibility Chicago could score large. You know, that 118 implied is a good number. But you're back to that, 
you know, everybody is priced out of this world. Lonzo Ball, 7-6, Zach Levine, 9-9, DeMar DeRozan, 9-3, and Vukovic, 9-2. And now you're bringing a red-hot Kobe White at 5-4 off the bench. So, man, it makes this really tough to find a spot here of anybody that's going to play enough minutes if the game does blow out and, you know, how well they're going to do. So, I don't know. I don't want to spend up for a lot of guys here. I'm going to, you know, probably defer to, to buy-ups elsewhere, but we'll follow it in case a value play is needed, uh, like a Kobe White or a Derek Jones Jr. at 3-9, but they're mainly going to be GPP plays. It's a little different on the Orlando side. You know, obviously, if Cole Anthony plays, he's a fantastic play because a bunch of their guys are out. But right now, Tim Frazier at 3-8 is manning uh, the point. But they also have Terrence Ross, R.J. Hampton, Mike Mulder. They have a lot of guards, so I'm not going there. Gary Harris at 5-2 has been playing big minutes, but I think he'll lose some of those. The guys I'm interested in are the bigs. You know, Franz Wagner at 6-7 has consistently been tough and gotten it done. Wendell Carter Jr. at 7-4, still a fair price. Another guy that, that usually makes it to 5, 6, 7x. Mo Bamba is more of a wild card GPP guy at 6, 1 uh, because just the, the consistency has not been there. All right, <clears throat> we go to the next one Denver and Dallas. It's the only 8.30 game on the schedule. And the Denver Nuggets uh, are playing at Dallas. Dallas is a three and a half point favorite. It's a 213 total, so poor total here. Denver only 104.75, Dallas 108.25. It's the second night of a back-to-back -back for Dallas. They just got Luka back yesterday. Question is, is he going to play the second night? How much is he going to play? A uh, lot of questions to be answered in this game for sure. Other important stuff, you know, you've got, Porzingis, Porzingis expected to play, so it's been a long time since Luca and KP played together. So injury-wise for, for Dallas, Trey Burke is uh, probable. The guys that are out, Collie Stein, Knight, Marinovic, McLaughlin, and Thomas. For Denver, we've got a probable tag on Austin Rivers and Kanchar, and then Guys that are out, Jeff Green, Howard, Highland, Morris, Murray, and Najee. So they definitely have some guards that are on the shelf. Um, statistically speaking in this game, you've got Denver 24th in pace, Dallas dead last 30th. So that's why you have such a paltry total of 213. Defensively, Denver 19th, Dallas 11th, so somewhat middle of the road here. Um, you know, again, if if Luka does play, even if it's a minutes restriction, his minutes are so dominant, I don't want to spend the 10-9 form, but it takes away any of the sting for a Jalen Brunson at 7-9, who finally is starting in the backcourt with Luka. Yesterday was the first time we've seen that. And why they don't do that every single game. Luca's their or Brunson's their second best guard. Just let them play. <clears throat> After that, Porzingis 
a little gimpy at eight, nine. I mean, he could make a huge difference, but uh, you know, how do you trust a guy at that kind of price that's constantly injured? Uh, other than that, I don't like any of the Dallas bench whatsoever. So they're not a target for me today. Uh, Denver, you know, it's sort of the same thing except for one guy. And that's the big question here. Dallas doesn't defend post players well. The Joker's the MVP of the league. He's a center, but he's 12-4. You got 20 games going, and he's 12-4. You've got two teams here that are super slow and aren't the worst defensive teams in the league. So it is difficult. I have not made the final decision. Right now, I have Joker in the two lineups I'm building. I have Joker in one, and I have him not in the other. So <clears throat> I'm going to be following that a little closer. It may be necessary to have an 80-point performance from the Joker uh, to win this, but if he you know, goes for 55 to even close to 60, you can get away with fading a 12-4 Joker and building up some strength in other spots where you'd have to dumpster dive. So I, I apologize that I don't have just a steadfast answer. It's going to take a little bit more preparation and really studying through this to see if I want to pull the trigger on a 12-4 joker. But he is, uh, I think, a, a great play regardless. Um, after that, really, Composo has taken over a point, had a huge game for us the other day at 6K, so he's fair. Uh, Barton at 6-2, very fair. Don't know if we're going to get full run out of Aaron Gordon in 5-5. Uh, but he's been so topsy-turvy. Um, Luca again, on a back-to-back, -back, just after coming back at 10-9, too rich for my blood. If Luca happens to sit, then Brunson immediately becomes a play at 7-9, but not going to go that high with Luca playing. And again, I don't trust Porzingis or the bench. So it's going to be a, a, a big, big game or bust there for us uh, in that Denver Dallas game. All right. There are three late games a 10, a 10, and a 10 30. So we'll be interested to see this late slate. There's a possibility, I'm not uh, confirming it, but there's a possibility we may have an after hour slate that we give out uh, in Discord for the late three game slate. We do have an hour and a half in between. So we'll be reevaluating at that time and possibly uh, supplying that for our members as well. Atlanta's favored by five over the Portland Trailblazers in this 10 o'clock game. A nice 226 and a half total, 115.75 implied for Atlanta, 110.75 implied for the Portland Trailblazers. Atlanta comes in 16 and 19. Portland 13 and 22, all kinds of designations, people coming in and out of COVID protocol like uh, nobody's business. Here are all the guys coming out of COVID uh, protocols that are uh, look like they may play. They're probable. And that's Herder, TLC, Gallinari, Reddish, Cooper. Um, let's see. I said Herder. Uh, Okongwu and Wright. So a bunch of guys. The guys that are out, though, that are going into it or just went in, Bogdanovich, Collins, Jeng, Ellison, Hill, 
Hunter, and Joe Johnson. So they have had just a roller coaster of guys in and out all over the place. I've never seen anything like this. There's like 18 guys listed, only two, Trey Young and Clint Capello, with no designation at all. Everybody else either has probable or out. So very, very unique situation. Portland has a different situation. Lillard and McCullum, McGriff and Williams out. So no backcourt for Portland. That changes things dramatically. We also have guys coming back. It looks like Nurkic and Zeller, both bigs, are going to come back. And Simons also. So Simons, if he comes back with no restrictions, is a possible play here. Um, there's no doubt about it. <clears throat> All right, let's look back at the statistical look here. We've got Atlanta 22nd in pace and Portland uh, 18th. So you wouldn't think these teams would be scoring as much uh, with, with lower paces like that. Uh, where they run into trouble and why this is such a high number is this is the worst defensive matchup of the entire slate. 26th for Atlanta and 29th for Portland. Two teams that were supposed to be major contenders to win it or get to the finals, and they're two of the bottom four defensive teams in the entire league. So uh, they are both on an island game, so that will help a bit. Um, but, you know, where do you go from there? Do you spend all the way up for an 11-1 Trey Young? I mean, it is tempting that the spread's only five, but, you know, there's a lot of things that can can go wrong here for Portland. <clears throat> Herter at 4-9, cheap. TLC's the dead men at three. Then you have Reddish at 5-7, Gallinari 4-5. Those guys are all cheap and playable. Capella a little expensive at 8-5, especially since Portland has the majority of their bigs back. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, Norman Powell's my favorite play. He's 6-5, but he has the, the tendency to be the guy that steps out uh, when both Lillard and McCollum are out. Dennis Smith Jr. becomes back in play again. He did a, a, a nice job when the two main guards were out. Um, Nazir Little missed a bit. He's only 4-7. If he's going to get full run, is playable. Um, we'll have to see what happens with the bigs. We've been using Larry Nance. He's been okay. But if they're going to have Nurkic and all the bigs back, <clears throat> then I don't really want any of them. So not a bad game. There's some potential there. Uh, a little one-off here and there may get it done. All right, two more games. The other 10 o'clock game is the Miami Heat and Golden State Warriors. That should be a fun game. It is the second night of a back-to-back -back for Miami, and they have been hammered by COVID, so it's going to be a little tough for them. Um, but Golden State's favored by nine. It's a 218.5 total, 104.75 implied for Miami, 113.75 implied uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Miami comes in 23 and 14, Golden State 28 and 7. Big list here. Probables for Miami. Haslam, Apollo, and Struess coming back. Guys that are out. Adebayo, Cheatham, Deadman, Garrett Morris, Oladipo, Robinson, Tucker, and Vincent. Golden State looking great, man. Draymond Green probable. The only two guys are 
that have been out, remain out, Clay Thompson and Weissman. So, man, <clears throat> tough one for Miami having to travel to Golden State, have all bunch of their guys out, and Golden State sitting chilly on an island game at home with basically nobody injured. So, Golden State by nine, could that game get out of hand? It's possible. There's no question about it, um, but we will see. Uh, there are several guys I like on Miami, though. Lowry at 8-2 is reasonable enough. Hero at 7-2 has been hot. Jimmy Butler's always a great play. You know, even though he's 10K, he's worth it. Caleb Martin has gotten decent run again at cheap 4-7. And Yurtsevin has been tough, man. He's 6-5, though, so not, not a giveaway plug-and-play spot. But those five guys specifically... I really like, and I'd like to know, you know, if there's any other restrictions on anybody else, but you got a good starting five there for DFS purposes. If this game stays close, they could do really well. Do you pay up for the 11-5 Curry today? You know, you've only got so many payups. Uh, I think he's a good play, but I'm not going to go there. I'd rather have Durant or Harden in that spot, but yeah. An absolute game, he could smash it. I do respect Spolstra's defensive scheme, so hopefully uh, they can hold him down a bit. Pools 5-9 and Wiggins 7 and Draymond 7-5. Those three always, to me, at those prices, have a chance to make my lineup. I like uh, you know the, the usage that they get, especially when Curry's off the floor, and <clears throat> they can score in a lot of different ways. After that, you've got a deeper bench now with Porter and Peyton and Iggy and these guys coming off the bench. I don't think we have to go there, but that group of starters, I think is very much in play. All right. Last game, no breaks. We're fired all the way through it. It's 1030, the late night sweat game. Got a second night of a back-to-back -back for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, this game is the Clippers minus three hosting the Timberwolves. 218 and a half total, 107.75 implied for Minnesota, 110.75 <clears throat> implied for the Clippers. Game set here, Minnesota's 16 and 20. Clippers are 19 and 18. You have three players for the T-Wolves, all probable. So they may be at full strength for the first time in a long, long time. D'Angelo Russell. Carl Anthony Towns and McKinley Wright, all three of them coming out of COVID protocol. It looks like Minnesota's going to have a full roster. Very unusual. Clippers, not so much. Day, uh, Jay Scrub is probable. Nicholas Batum is questionable. And here is the tough group of players that are out for the Clippers. Boston, George, Hartenstein, Leonard, Kennard, Preston, Wright, and Zubots. So they are banged up. Um, as far as statistically, you got two pretty quick teams, Minnesota 8 and the Clippers 13th. Uh, Minnesota right in the middle of the pack, almost at 14th defensively. Clippers are fourth. But a lot of possibilities here. I'm not as high on the Minnesota side with Clippers defense and the fact that now the usage has to be shared. If all of those guys play, that combination of Beverly, Beasley, Edwards, Vanderbilt, 
McDaniels, Reed, Russell, and Towns, you're talking about that ball's going to be shared. Anybody could go off in the, the most of those guys, but not enough uh, in a, a good defensive team like the Clippers that I would really count on Minnesota very strongly. Clippers, it's different. I think you're going to get some really good possibilities here. Reggie Jackson back in place should have his minutes restriction lifted. Bledsoe's cheap. You can always talk about him. Same thing with Terrence Mann. Marcus Morris, who was one of the big switches we had the other day, hopefully he's off a minutes restriction. They've listed that a couple of days in a row. He's only 6K and I think would be a terrific play. Also, if, if Serge Ibaka is going to get even 20 minutes uh, at center as the starting center at 3-7, he can put up nice numbers in short periods of time. So uh, Jackson for sure, man possibly, Marcus Morris for sure, if no minutes restriction. So I'm definitely going to have some L.A. Clippers exposure. That is it, my friends. Goodness sakes, 20 teams playing We've smashed through all of them, giving you all the stats, how we're going to hand build these. And just, you know, as we say, we recommend you you uh, get your contest locked in the night before. Check this podcast out uh, during the day. Jump in our Discord to get all of the changes. We'll post at 635, 25 minutes before lock. DraftKings, Clipboard, FanDuel, and Yahoo, uh, full lineups there. Uh, we're the place to go. You can follow us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Um, if you're watching on YouTube right now as we're finishing up, quick thumbs up, hit that subscribe button and a fast comment, and also uh, click the alarm button in the corner so what you know when our podcast posts. Um, I am going to be off tomorrow for the first time, and I'm not sure how long. I've lost track, but I am going to be traveling tomorrow, so you will be in the hands of the one and only Dr. Andrew Hansen, I call him. He's a doctor of football and basketball, but he is going to be uh, have, have the helm tomorrow. He'll have a podcast up. It's a five-game slate, so he'll take care of that and be posting. So um, I'll definitely be back on Wednesday for that big slate, uh, and I'll be in Texas for that one with Dirk and company back behind me again. So that'll be nice. Well, thank you for listening in. I hope everybody had a fantastic stretch of Christmas and New Year's here. Everybody getting back to normal today a bit and uh, hope that we will continue to be a part of your daily routine as you're preparing for DFS. So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you and we'll be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.